Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Fast Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell, and with me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here. It is uh, Super Bowl week. It's our first episode of the week, uh, as we always do, you know, two episodes a week, and uh, our one later on in the week will be uh, our official Super Bowl preview with thoughts uh, on the game and all that, but... Uh, Dylan, uh, it's certainly been uh, an interesting, I guess, 48 hours at this point. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, and, um, you know, this is an NFL podcast, but as we have talked about, as many people have talked about, uh, you know, the the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven other people uh, on that helicopter and and the crash on Sunday uh, has sort of just overtaken the entire Mm -hmm. sports world like it's not an nba thing it's a it's a you know world thing like it's just it's something that and we were talking about this before we started recording um you know until something like that happens you don't really know how you're going to react to it um you know for people like us who are in you know have been so you know, ingrained in sports for as long as we can remember. And, you know, for you, for someone who's in Los Angeles and kind of understands the feel of how things were before and then after mm-hmm. this happened, um, it is, man. It's something. And we were saying, you know, we're getting ready to, to do our Super Bowl podcasts and all that. And we, we're like, man, ha- we, we, neither one of us have even thought about the Super Bowl in, you know, several days now. And, and it's just, it's such a surreal sort of thing to think about when it, it's this time every year where we're talking about the biggest sporting event <laughs> in the world. And yet this guy, you know, was so, he was such a monumental figure that even the biggest sporting event in the world, you know, cannot even come mm-hmm. close right now sort of matching the the emotion and just everything uh surrounding you know a tragedy like that yeah like you said i really hadn't looked too much into thinking about the super bowl the last couple days it kind of was more in my mind saturday and then obviously the last couple days have just been a whirlwind i 
personally, yeah, it's just surreal being, I mean, some of my earliest sports memories are, it's a combination of John Elway and those Broncos teams winning back-to-back Super Bowls and the Kobe Shaq Lakers here in LA. And it, it's just weird. It's, it doesn't feel real. Like when you see like yeah. Bill Russell have a statement about it and it's like, what, this isn't, this isn't right. Like this doesn't, it just yeah. it felt when I saw the news too, it, as we are a football podcast. It came from a chef, Adam Schefter retweeted a, uh, a tweet about the accident. And I was like, think in my brain like why why would he you yeah. know like i mean it's a tragedy absolutely but i was like this there's got there might be something more to this he retweeted a you know a, a, a sheriff's or whatever twitter about the about the accident and the first reply was the tmz article and i kind of like i uh, told my girlfriend and she said my face like went cold because i like she was like i've never seen you look like that because i didn't think it was real even at the moment i had to kind of just you know glue into my phone and the, the whole rest of the day and the whole rest of yesterday it's just kind of been just kind of flown by almost but it yeah it's just so sad i mean obviously hit what he did as a player is one thing but uh, i think the things that are getting people the more obviously his daughter being there all the clips of them together what his relationship with them how he developed as a father as a person uh, over the course of his life that's the kind of stuff that's making it even tougher and uh, yeah, it's been. I, I, I know on Sunday you were working and you did a great job with the coverage. I was. I told. I told you. I told a couple other guys that work here at Clutch Points. I was like, I couldn't have done anything. I just yeah. <laughs> was sitting there like in disbelief. Yeah. But no, I mean that's the sense. It was the same for us. Like even guys like myself who were, you know, we're, we're doing our our normal work that we do on the, on the weekends and during the week. And you know, it's like you're sitting there and and it's just you see something like that. And I don't even remember. And that's the thing is you know it is sort of one of those things and everybody says it it's you you know you're going to remember like where you were and in terms of Mm -hmm. how when something like that happens and like i said i mean i was literally sitting in front of my computer um going about my normal work and you know i don't i don't even remember who sent it like i don't remember where the first thing came from i don't Mm -hmm. even at this point i have no clue like it's just sort of you see that and you're like wait what and and then we're all just like even them like even while we're working it's like you're just sitting there at times and you're just like well like you're still you don't believe it like you said and mm-hmm. um it was it was something that you know continues to, to be as you said all the reactions just from from people uh in all walks of life like not just sports uh, everywhere and uh to see something like that uh certainly it it's yeah it's a it's a hit to, to everything in your body like it's just um it is. It's something that you, you can't ever sort of prepare for and you don't ever know kind of how to process or react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. It, it's been the biggest story, period, uh, in terms of anything in sports by far. And that's what we said, you know, doing an, an NFL podcast and our plan for today, and we're still going to we're still going to do that. But we were like, you know, we were we obviously we, we normally record on Mondays and we're like, there's no way like we, we weren't gonna sit here <laughs> we weren't like we, ready. no it's like we we there's i can't even think about the nfl season it's just like yesterday because you know we're still gathering everything and all the reactions and um yeah you can't even think about the end and even right now like this let me just go ahead and tell you this is probably not going to be one of our best podcasts so <laughs> if you're a new listener let me just go back to like the previous 42 episodes and uh we promise there may be some that are a lot better than this but uh as we're saying i I, you know, we're, we're not the only ones in that. And, uh, and, you know, even for listeners, like, it's just, I think there are so many people, myself included, you know, I regularly listen to a lot of podcasts and all that. And it's like, I haven't, 
you know, I've, I've just been seeking out podcasts from NBA stuff, like people who have talked mm-hmm. about him. Like, I, I haven't been seeking out any NFL yeah. stuff, nothing. And it's just um, that's the way it's been for the past 48 hours, like I said. So, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, man, it, it's something. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly we'll continue uh, to, I'm sure, you know, obviously Clutch Points, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Uh, lots of stuff over there on it. And, uh, you know, this is not a case where we're saying, hey, just go to Clutch Points and all this. It's just, hey, we, we've, we try to gather everything that we can over there. And like you said, really yeah. the past 48 hours, um, we've tried to put everything together and, and all the reactions and everything because I know uh, it's something, you know, people want to, to be immersed mm-hmm. in at a time like this. So, um, all right. Let's go to the NFL part of this, and like we said, um, we'll certainly revisit that a little bit later. Um, But Dylan, we decided, and we mentioned this uh, on our previous podcast, that we were going to uh, do some awards for the the 2019 NFL season here as we lead into uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday. And uh, what we did was we put together... Uh, ten of our own awards here. Now, some of these, you know, they're they're your normal NFL awards, which you'll see in the you know award ceremonies and all that. Uh, but some of the others are our own unique awards. And uh, mm-hmm. what better place to start than the first one, which uh, without question is our own unique award? And I don't think there's another podcast um, in the world that has this award. But anyone, again, who's a regular listener, I think will appreciate. That this is our award and our award only because uh, we start our our yearly awards here, uh, the very first edition, with the AFC South Award, Dylan, and we we had to go here because this was the main theme on our podcast. Uh, the entire first season here for us was the the craziness of the AFC South, and so we decided to make an AFC South award. Now, here's what it is. It's the most memorable moment of the season from this division. So we're just we're, – we're not going throughout the NFL. We're going just to the AFC South. Um, we actually – you know, we don't have the same pick here, but uh, there mm-hmm. are some similarities in terms of uh, our own choices in this one. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, this division has defined our, uh, you know, in our in my mind a little bit of the NFL in terms of just uh, there's so many great teams, but the AFC South is always just kind of there. That's the one yep. thing I'll say about it. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we have a common theme. I'll let you go to yours first. Uh, I guess <laughs> most people could probably guess what team ended up being the team that went the furthest in the playoffs. That's going to dominate it. I did. I'm going to touch on one game this year that I think defines this division better than any other game. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll let you start off with. This this one on your right. uh, hometown team there yeah okay obviously i think the most memorable moment of the season and, and we'll look we'll combine the playoffs in some of these because again the super bowl kind of feels like its own season mm-hmm. at times when you think about it uh yeah. with everything surrounding it and, and the week off and all that so um i think the titans beating the patriots uh, easily for me the most memorable moment uh of the season in the afc south that's uh, one where and we said it it wasn't that it was unexpected it's one of those things where when it actually happens you're like oh yeah mm-hmm. that's that's pretty big like that's uh <laughs> That's a pretty significant moment and potentially a pretty significant moment, you know, in NFL history based on where the Patriots head from here. So, um, yeah, I, I think just the, the way it all played out, the setup, which actually we'll get to that, to how that game was even, you know, there in the first place or why we even got that matchup, which is going to be part of another one of our awards a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, I, the Titans being the Patriots to me, that's the most standout moment uh, of the season in the AFC South. 
Yeah, absolutely. That game kind of sums up my what I when I think about the division award. It, yeah, it's the moment of the year, but it was a it was a series of moments from Ryan Tannehill. I, we talked about him when he first signed with the Titans, you know, at the beginning of the season, and how they finally had a a guy that was better than some of the other backups that had sat behind Mariota, and they had been a little more unlikely to turn to them because of what they brought to the table. And Tannehill, uh, to his credit, I mean, they, they, there's a lot, great a lot of great talent on this roster that I think developed over the course of the year. The defense had a lot of issues that offense but that offensive line is top notch a lot of guys stepped up at skill positions but Tannehill especially in the middle of the season his play was crucial to them even getting to that moment where they're able to beat the Patriots yeah like you said not a small feat there's a team that had made the uh, AFC title game eight straight years and made three straight Super Bowls uh, it's just ridiculous to think about all the accomplishments they had and for that Titans team to go in there and win I know the Patriots were down a bit but it's still so impressive and I, I can't help but think of early in the year when he first took over the team they had the game against the chargers when they were two and four and they should have lost they easily should have lost they ended up uh winning after melvin gordon fumbled once or twice or whatever at the one yard line which is a crazy sporadic ending but over the course of his time since he took over they went seven and three and there's a lot of games that we remember at the end where he had under 100 passing yards and derrick henry was taking over and derrick henry was a huge part of that cog but uh what Tannehill did for a large stretch of the season i i couldn't be understated how much he meant to that team and as they uh, eventually went all the way to the doorstep of the super bowl yep uh pretty tremendous and i think it's also kind of fitting that that my you know my shtick here on the podcast has been about the titans uh since we Mm -hmm. started this thing and sure enough (laughs) look at the titans already racking up awards here we're only one award in (laughs) and uh the titans Uh, racking up uh awards look at that so uh out to prove me wrong and certainly uh (laughs) they did that this season all right we go from the titans which i think quite frankly could be mentioned uh as as one of the teams in this next category uh this next award uh that is the most surprising team Mm -hmm. and and probably you know we probably would have put the titans in here uh, had uh, another team not just been you know probably much more surprising in terms of where they took it uh titans were close though but um <laughs> I, I you know i went with the 49ers here and mm-hmm. uh i mean you know spoiler you you did too and we both decided to, to go with the 49ers here as the most surprising team i went back and forth i've seen a lot of people you know in some of these you, you read things like the bills i don't think the mm-hmm. bills were yeah, because I think here's why I think we were higher on the Bills than probably a lot of people were going to the season. We kind of said it, you know, when we looked at the schedules and all that, we were like, you know, I mean, the Bills are like they could get to the playoffs. We, we were saying yeah. that I think early in the season, um, and, and all that just with the way they're playing, we knew that defense uh, was good as it was. And so, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that they were a huge surprise to get to where they got to. Now, the 49ers, you know, going from where they were last year. Um, to where they are now one went away from a Super Bowl title uh, that to me is kind mm-hmm. of a longer you know a much longer spectrum there from end to end uh, so yeah I, I think it's a pretty pretty easy choice here with the Niners yeah if the Titans had made the Super Bowl maybe it would be different yep. but I think them going nine and seven wasn't surprising considering that's four straight years now with the same record they just find <laughs> yes. a way it's just like gravity essentially it's just keeping it holding it together the Titans are holding the NFL with those nine and seven records in the absence of our our great Jeff Fisher not out of the, in the league right now uh, with his seven and nine eight and eight balance but <laughs> yeah no the 49ers I mean a lot of people did pick them to make the playoffs we did not uh, before the season I I think that that wasn't based on a 
lack of confidence in what they're going to probably be able to do on offense and what Kyle Shanahan could do with that team, but more about their defense. So I think of the most surprising part, it's, uh, I mean, it's not so surprising when you look at the talent, right, on the defensive line with four guys that um, are, can just dominate it. It reminds me a little bit of the Giants when they won their two Super Bowls against the Pats. They had four, they were able to really rush with four guys and get pressure and it allows your defense to do so much, so many things when you don't have to bring extra blitzers to get to the quarterback. So uh, those guys all stepped up. I mean, they're what they've done on coaching with Robert Saul embracing some of their other assistants that have helped with their scheme. I know they've just really taken a, a defense that last year was just awful just completely awful yeah. and really didn't add you know they added some other guys they obviously had they had a point in the season where they struggled with injuries but overall very healthy now in the Super Bowl they're basically have their full uh, group of uh, guys now back so uh, yeah I mean there are some teams I could have thought of on the more of the negative in terms of most surprising but our next category is going to cover that I think this was more <laughs> about which team uh, kind of blossomed it, it would be yeah. you know like two years ago when the Rams went from four and 12 to uh, 11 and five in McVay's first year that could have qualified uh, last season uh, I mean maybe not the Chiefs because we knew Mahomes was going to be great but there's been some teams that just take a huge step forward a huge leap in the 49ers to their credit I mean I, I don't think a lot of people that picked them to make the playoffs thought they'd be this good yeah the most surprising we we kind of look at more of a positive spin on it whereas this next one uh, it's pretty clear that this is the negative spin uh we go from most surprising team to most disappointing team of the season and uh i you know i think there were several ways you could go with this one um and it was probably based on to, to me it's probably based on what your expectations were of these teams going into the season because we always have different expectations uh we can only you know project what we know on paper and all that and, and everyone's going to have a different opinion about certain teams and we too we have two different picks here but the reason actually i didn't pick the one you picked which you'll get to in a second uh is because i you know i didn't consider this a playoff team when we when we made our <laughs> predictions in this before the season so i was like and I actually considered i was like okay can i pick this team and i thought about it, i was like actually i can't because um i didn't have them in the playoffs and they didn't make the playoffs so <laughs> so maybe in that sense to me they were not that disappointing However this team was, because uh, you go back and listen to our season predictions episode, really anything we did in the preseason, um, we were talking about this team so much. I mean, we were I mean, we were talking about them. It's everything. Like, there was so much positive expectations. There was so much anticipation. Uh, the greatest year in franchise history. <laughs> like, we were all, like, hook, line, and sinker. Like, we were in. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> were were the team I picked because I just I had no other choice like I almost thought about the Falcons um because that was one you know I did have them in the playoffs too and it was surprising and uh-huh. disappointing but you know I still think the Browns every all things considered with all that hype uh, they have to me to be the most disappointing mm-hmm. team for me because I did I, I thought that they were going to turn things around I thought that they on paper had a great roster and again for whatever reason it just didn't pan out yeah maybe for me I mean they're a close second maybe they could easily be number one part of it might be uh, it just was obvious pretty early in the year it wasn't going to work out so maybe yeah. that might be part of why I did not pick the Browns I yeah on a personal like just football fan level uh, they are the team that disappointed me the most because I want I just wanted that fan base and that team and that city and the, all the fans that are all still so uh, you know loyal to them despite all these years of being so yeah. bad <laughs> I wanted them to be good and it just didn't work out and it was obvious pretty early in 
in the year. I yeah, I consider the Falcons, but you know, last year they that they probably would have been my most disappointing team in 2018 season. Uh, for this one, it's just kind of it was almost a continuation exactly of what happened last year. So much talent, but not ma- not really cashing it all in. And I thought of the Rams, obviously making the Super Bowl and going from that to missing the playoffs, but they did some good things at certain points. Uh, overall, don't seem like they're really qualified quite for this list i put the dallas cowboys now i know i didn't pick them to make the playoffs before the year but i immediately after we looked over the schedule more i was like (laughs) what am i what am i doing here and you'd think i would maybe have put the eagles but i mean they had so many injuries and a lot of things that just went against them it's hard for me to to pick philadelphia based on that i thought they were going to be much better but the cowboys at a certain point you look at how high they're top three or four all year in offensive dvoa consistently dominating in terms of uh, point differential I mean out of all these teams that uh, missed the playoffs no one was close to them they were like they were like I, I, I would have to look check it but they were I believe fifth or sixth in point differential in the NFL and they didn't even make the playoffs and it was due to them just just following just completely not showing up sometimes against uh some bad teams uh, you think of the jets loss but uh some other games where they really you know had everything on the table for them to get it done and maybe i shouldn't be surprised with what we've seen in the whole jason garrett era from this franchise and this team uh so hopefully they'll bounce back this year but yeah in terms of just uh the amount of talent i mean the browns may be a little similar in that sense but i feel like the cowboys had even more in terms of the stability and some of the things they're actually able to do the the Browns never approached the top 10 in DVOA in either category. The, the Cowboys were in middle of the road defense and an offense that was constantly at the top, yet they still couldn't win games. So for me, I, I ended up going with Dallas. Yeah, uh, I think, like you said, that's that's the one I was talking about earlier in terms of, you know, a team that, that I didn't have in the playoffs either. But, uh, yeah, I just – something about those some, Browns. <laughs> some people would probably think of the Bears, but as we talked about, their yeah. schedule is just so ruthless. And, yeah. and Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trubisky, man. So that's all I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I said. It was just something about, you know, the, the Browns. It was just – I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't – I, I, yeah. I was there of all the teams like we said even the bears that's the other one i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna leave the bears and the cowboys out of the playoffs and you know they both missed sure it enough. so <laughs> yeah like looking back i'm like oh it's a great decision but um yeah it's uh it's one of those things where i all things considered I, there was no other team i was more disappointed than in the browns like they were just yeah that just was not what they expected and like you said you know, we do go from like the most surprising and disappointing teams now to the most improved team. And to me, this is game one to game, you know, to the end of the season. Like, I think uh-huh. this is how you judge your most improved team. So, like, the 49ers, they're the most surprising team based on where they were last year to where they are now. Yeah. Um, but in terms of most improved, Dylan, I think there's only one choice here. And again, <laughs> this is another one of those reflection things where if you go back and listen to our, our episodes early on, us previewing the season, us talking about the first couple weeks of the season, you listen to our tone and, and the words that came out of our mouth on this particular team, and you would have thought that, you know, well, we basically said it. We said this could legitimately be the worst team in the history of the NFL. Uh, when we, like, we, we started comparing this team to all the winless teams in history. And we were like, <laughs> I don't think those teams are as bad as this team. And that is, of course, um, the one and only Miami Dolphins here. Um, they're my pick. I'll let you touch on while they're your pick as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, th- there's no other choice here because to go from that, and, and this is going to be a great segue into our next award here in a second. 
um, to, to go from where they were in week one against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, it, it's so it's like full circle thing here because like Lamar Jackson looks so good in that game against the Dolphins in week one. And we were like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people are like, well, maybe it's just the Dolphins. Like they're just that mm-hmm. bad. And then to see Lamar Jackson, you know, ultimately <laughs> become the best player in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, just w- w- what a wild thing to look back on. And that's what we say. You don't you can't ever judge an NFL season by week one you can't ever judge it usually by one week um but this was uh this was one of those things where the dolphins from week one to week 17 uh what a change yeah it really says something about how low the dolphins were for us and myself at least to not even consider the niners when i saw this i mean the niners you know went from four and 12 to 13 and three in the super bowl so you'd think that would be an easy choice but it, that just shows you how far down the dolphins were in our in terms of our mind of what this team was going to be able to do this season and it's a testament to the players obviously but to the coaching i think brian flores proved this year that uh, they made a pretty good hire there in miami i think for the long term uh that's going to work out pretty well for them because this team he took a bunch of guys embraced the challenge with a roster that was very down a lot of a lot of reasons for that i mean whether this team was trying to tank i think i I thought the front office was pretty clearly trying to i don't think the players were and you saw over the course of the year they played you know they played a lot of bad teams uh, to be to be fair as well they played the whole nfc east which is a kind of a tire fire at certain points this year but i overall this team just from like you're saying those early games and i know it was the i know it was the patriots in week two after the ravens blowout and then the cowboys so they had some tough opponents uh but really even even if those games had happened against uh, some of the worst teams they ended up beating later in the year i think they would have probably still lost by a lot uh that's where they were at that point and they just over the course of the year took so many strides and it was just incredible because they, they still couldn't run the ball they st- yeah. <laughs> their offensive line still is brutal and ryan fitzpatrick just found a way to win the defense did enough in a lot of games they found had some special teams luck i mean well, i'm going to get to a couple of their receivers obviously Devonte parker preston williams those guys for the future and what this team is going to do at quarterback i think those guys are huge fundamental pieces to kind of plug in it's just yeah it's it's funny like we would have never considered playing anyone on miami on your fantasy team <laughs> then by the end it was like you are crazy if you're not playing Devonte parker so <laughs> it's just everything that happened for them and it culminated with a, a moment we're gonna get to coming up uh but yeah it's just it's just incredible um to think about where they were and yeah that's actually our next moment so yeah we'll we'll get to that pretty quickly in terms of how it culminated at the end of the season this stretch of the war it's brought to you by the city of miami because um we go from our most improved team with the dolphins we segue now into our next award and by the way we're not done with the dolphins yet we still got another one to come uh they're (laughs) going to be involved with uh the most memorable moment of the year now we were going to make this moment of the year but we decided to sort of, uh, you know, encapsulate more than just uh, moment of the year, mm-hmm. as we, we were talking about, is more of a, you know, your best moment. However, I think, you know, most memorable moment of the year is a little more noteworthy in terms of it may be good, it may be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum here uh, yeah. in terms of this. Now, uh, let's go ahead. We'll start with you, Dylan, because, again, we're going to just mm-hmm. keep our, our Dolphins train going here. <laughs> uh, but you've also got another one, and I'm going to add yeah. that to my mix, too, because, uh, as we said, uh, we aren't just talking about necessarily the regular season here. We have to sort of mm-hmm. include the playoffs and some of the fallout from that, too. 
Yeah, I think my second one is kind of a, a couple moments. It goes from early in the year when Patrick Mahomes gets injured and you th- it looks like his season's over. It looks brutal to him finally returning and then culminating with the, the comeback against Houston. I, I know you'll talk in that a bit more, but yeah, being down 24-0. And I think just when I think of the moments of this year that brought intrigued me the most and like really captivated all of football fans, there's just that it was such a short stretch where it went from 24-0 Texans to 24-21, eventually before the half. They, uh, the Chiefs took the lead, but that like three and a half minutes of actual game time where they scored three touchdowns in a row and just not just the the crowd in Kansas City was just going nuts, but all NFL Twitter, everyone watching is just like, what the heck am I watching right now? That was one that's uh, definitely when I think about the moments of the year had, had to be in consideration, but I ended up uh, picking the Dolphins again, beating the Patriots to kick them out of a bye. Uh, and that whole that whole simultaneous announcing from Kevin Harlan where he's at the Chiefs game and their fans are realizing <laughs> that they're going to get the bye. And just it, it kind of goes back. Uh, you placed it perfectly here in our list uh, after talking about the most improved team of the Dolphins. You go from that week two game to the Pats where they just get blown the hell out, just completely yeah. dominated to week 17 in Foxborough. Not a, it's not like all these years where they beat my or they beat the Pats late in the year when they come down to Miami in Foxborough they go up there and the Patriots not like they had nothing to play for they didn't have a bye or a one seed locked up they had the win to get the bye and to beat them there I mean it's that it just shows uh, I mean it felt like I'm sure for that that locker room it felt like they won a playoff game (laughs) it felt like they made the playoffs like it was it was their Super Bowl that night and uh, and you'll see how the Dolphins improve next year Uh, we've got a lot of time until then though I think for them to go from yeah in the the talk as one of the worst teams um, in NFL history to possibly being the team that helps start to bring down uh, the Patriots (laughs) dynasty at least this second coming of the dynasty in these last years after those that first three titles they won it's a it's pretty shocking. Yep, it is for sure. And you mentioned the uh, the Mahomes comeback against the Texans, and I sort of cheated while you were talking because I'm I'm actually going to add that into another one of my awards here in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, to, to, that is the thing that stands out the most. And it's not just because it's it's recent. It's just like that that's a game you just don't see, and that's sort of what he did in that game. Uh, you know, the the sequence of moments, just like uh, it's unreal, and to see how that game played out and and really I think what you said too is a good point to me like I'm just remembering looking on Twitter while this game's going on and just seeing all the reactions and like everyone's just like what is happening right now uh in this game and like that that's what makes it fun too because we actually have that outlet to be to look at social media and stuff and it's like sometimes you remember things better by looking at that it's like oh yeah i remember how great that was because i remember Mm -hmm. this reaction and that reaction and stuff uh but i would add that and and as i said earlier we did most memorable moment here because we wanted to be able to go both ways and i think certainly the most you know aside from the just the the football nature of it Mm -hmm. uh, i think the most memorable moment is is the whole miles garrett mason rudolph thing in terms of and again that's on the bad side of of the coin here but um there was nothing else like that like we didn't have another situation uh of that magnitude in terms of everything that unfolded there um you know we just yeah that's not it's not something we see every week we don't mm-hmm. see another player take his you know hit another guy with his helmet like in the head so um so i think that that for me is what i made by just because it's like when i think about it yeah. i'm like my goodness there we, we didn't see that we didn't see that except for any other spots except for that game mm-hmm 
Yeah, that night uh, I it was I, we were talking before the podcast it was one of the few games this year that I wasn't covering for Clutch Points on social media for our social team, and uh, but I quickly got brought back in because yeah, I remember <laughs> it was you talk about a thing that captivated everyone on Twitter, all of the NFL world. Uh, yeah, out of all these moments, I, I that probably was the thing that uh, that that image of the helmet swinging. That's going to unfortunately be one of the it has to be included as one of the things we'll remember from this season. It was. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it at the time and just such an ugly moment that hopefully won't see again. But yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, uh, man, it was <laughs> it was it was shocking at the moment. But yeah. I don't know. Even it's gonna that's gonna carry through. I mean, that rivalry has always been brutal, and uh, those games have always been tough. Even though the Browns have been down for so long, but I think it's gonna carry over for as long as Miles Garrett's on the Cleveland Browns. Well, of all the awards, we hope that there is not a repeat winner. Um, this is this is it. Like we hope that we're not making this our most memorable moment of the year again next season um you know for a guy hitting someone with a helmet so um we're i think we're okay there but i guess you never know we're, we're we're gonna hope we're gonna hope that's the case all right as i said we're gonna continue the miami dolphins theme here because now we're going to our breakout player of the year which dylan decided all of a sudden uh that we <laughs> we went from making it our breakout player of the year to breakout players of the year and now it's apparently the breakout position of the year uh because dylan's got about 37 <laughs> on his list um but since he decided to do that i decided to add an extra one to mine too uh, i'll start with mine because it includes one of his and i did steal mm-hmm. one from him because i don't know why i just i didn't think about this guy that the first guy i have on my list which i'll touch on in a second Mm -hmm. was the very first one that came to mind for me but i don't know why i didn't think about this guy because i was sitting there i was beating the drum for this guy for weeks um parker i think is you know you could go you could do a lot worse than picking Devontae parker here if you just Mm -hmm. had to pick one player uh he was just outstanding And, and again the dolphins like this is the team where that shows you the improvement that they had is for a guy like that that transformed himself into quite frankly you know one of the probably top five most consistent receivers week in and week out uh Mm -hmm. during the stretch run of the season like he was just someone that you know you counted on him to to deliver every single game uh no matter the scenario and yes i know the dolphins for in a lot of cases were playing from behind but you know late in the season that wasn't necessarily the case uh where they you know they gotten a lot better they were it was much more competitive game so uh he's someone i have to put on there since we're we're making it multiple players now but the first Mm -hmm. player i had was Darren Waller and I think you know again this is a guy and we all know the story you know if you didn't you watched Hard Knocks and you know it now in terms of his journey you know in and out of the NFL and to be back in the spot where he is undoubtedly you know one of the most reliable Mm -hmm. tight ends pass catchers period like in the NFL after this season (laughs) like he's going to go into next season as someone that you know I'm not saying we're going to start putting him in that same category as George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, two guys are playing in the Super Bowl, but like, mm-hmm. like you can see him getting there. Like you can see him getting to that point eventually down the road. And I think for me to look at it that way, man, this this guy was just a he was a rock for the Raiders, and uh, pretty tremendous to see him uh, grow as a player. 
Yeah, I think Darren Waller is going to become even more valuable. I don't, I don't anticipate this being a guy that everyone's going to be overhyped on in fantasy next year. He only scored three touchdowns. I think he's going to become a much yeah. bigger part of their red zone package in Las Vegas. And uh, I mean, I know George Kittle uh, struggled with some injuries at certain points, but Darren Waller finished second uh, to your point and uh, yeah. among receiving yards among tight ends behind Kelsey. He had, like you said, he's one of the most reliable guys, and uh, it's it wasn't going to be easy, you know, after you know Gronk retires and it becomes pretty. Clear clear pretty quickly that our two tight ends in the Super Bowl are the two best but I think Darren Waller the fact that he of all people has uh, found himself in that conversation is incredible and yeah Devontae yeah. Parker like you said and uh, I'm glad you added him I know you were on top of that in fantasy so you deserve to say some things about him but <laughs> finished fifth in the NFL in receiving yards that's yeah. <laughs> on the Dolphins it's a top like, five there you go come on man <laughs> it's it's crazy and it's, it's before he broke out I yeah so like you said uh, mine was mine was kind of the breakout position just all the receivers uh, and not even just AJ Brown and some of the rookies but um, I did include Terry McLaurin uh, <laughs> all these guys are kind of on bad teams that I thought they their performance and play individually was just incredible and I think they're going to be uh, staples for a long time we had we already have so many huge big name receivers but I think Terry McLaurin what he did with the Redskins and those quarterbacks when he was healthy he was phenomenal one of the better route runners uh, to watch of the new guys uh, then I put also DJ Chark uh, at certain points he didn't put up as big a numbers but overall with Jacksonville become became a really uh, reliable receiver guy would make such tough catches and another great route runner so those two kind of were hand in hand and then I couldn't uh, in their own category of these breakout ones and then yeah before Devontae Parker broke out <laughs> before his injury Preston Williams was Devontae Parker to the Dolphins <laughs> offense he was the guy before his injury that we were like man this dude is falling out so like this yeah. is the clutch points waiver wire hall of fame right here like i yeah, had these guys basically. on the list for like eight straight weeks at a time so <laughs> exactly these the, all these guys it's like we're, we're trying to tell you it's fantasy value but also all these guys on teams that need as many uh yeah. talented players as they can and you, it happens often where you'll have these teams that are bad that you, and they collect all this talent and uh from guys that are you know undrafted or late round picks and then it gives them opportunities and maybe if these guys have been drafted by a team with a, a much more stacked receiving corps, they, they wouldn't have got the opportunity instead on these teams with pretty bad offensive lines, all three pretty bad, not exactly incredible quarterback play. All these guys made a, a huge impact, and I'm really looking forward to what they do moving forward. Yep, uh, fun group there, and, and I'm sure they won't be back in the waiver wire, unfortunately, next season because uh, I think there'll be guys that are blocks to, to have on your roster. Uh, but they, they will go down as, as waiver wire Hall of Fame uh, members for this season for sure. Uh, all right, now we go from the, the picks of multiple uh, for each one. Well, I lied. I've got a multiple for this one. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll get to the single picks here in a little bit, but uh, we've only got down to our final four awards here. Uh, we'll go to game of the year, and I did – I said it a few minutes ago that I sort of cheated and went back. Uh, I think the game of the year for me – is the, the Texans at the Chiefs. I think that's the most memorable game if I look at it, you know, from top mm-hmm. to bottom. I think that's the game that stands out the most. Now, the original pick I had here was the 49ers at the Saints. That was the wild 48-46 to 46 game uh, in the regular season. It wasn't, you know, to me it didn't match that, that Chiefs-Rams game uh, the season prior, yeah. but it, it, it was the closest thing to matching that. And, and again, it, it depends on what you like. You know, do you like low-scoring, grinded-out type games? Do you like high-scoring type of games? For me, you know, I'm always going to appreciate a good 48 to 46 NFL game. Um, so I think that that's your pick probably if you're just going with the regular season. Uh, if you tie in the playoffs, 
I think the Texans at the Chiefs. I, I don't think there's another game this season to me yeah. that has that has had a more sort of noteworthy from first quarter to fourth quarter. Um, to, to me, that's probably it. But like I said, if you just go with the regular season, 49ers at the Saints. Especially if the Chiefs cap it off with a Super Bowl win yeah. and Andy Reid getting his first ring. Everyone's going to look back, like we said, at that game and then the injury earlier in the year when Mahomes somehow stayed healthy. Yeah, I thought when I was going over my games, I thought of the 49ers at Saints, but it kind of felt, like you said, it almost felt like we already got, we kind of got that game last year with the Chiefs and Rams. And the game that I first had that kind of summed up what this season kind of was about and the two teams that, I mean, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl could win, but the two teams that kind of dominated the narrative were the 49ers. 49ers and Ravens all year so initially I had that game the final was 2017 the Ravens barely win but it felt like that game was kind of what this season's theme was that you can if like we talk about passing and our literally our podcast is named after establishing the pass and these teams did a lot of early passing or early downs and did kind of what we've talked about and analytically makes sense but if you can rush for you know a uh, huge uh, average per carry no, regardless of a quarterback running back uh, for the 49ers sake a lot of uh, jet sweeps of the receivers I think that game watching it it was like these defenses are so good the Ravens had improved so much at that point and then their offenses were showing you that you could get things done in a different style that both teams did it differently but both were on the ground so it kind of that game summed up uh, what this season was about for me and if these teams were playing in the Super Bowl I would have probably kept it but the game of the year for me I ended up putting the 49ers at Seahawks week 17 game just because uh it how much was on the line and what how much really could have changed based on that outcome uh the you know the 49ers really felt like they kind of were handling the seahawks for a lot of that game it didn't you know seahawks were holding staying in it keeping it closer but the 49ers are clearly the better team in my mind and but you know russell wilson was converting every third down they were <laughs> doing the stuff that they shouldn't be doing where they are running for one yard and one and a half yards and third and eight and being like all right russ bail us out but he kept doing it and sure enough they get all the way to the one yard line and what you know how much flips there we, th- we think of the saints as as i kept saying in my mind were always the biggest threat to the niners outside of maybe seattle i guess in the nfc uh the saints would have been the two seed if Se- seahawks win the the packers get the one seed who knows if they find a way to get to the super bowl because they're still at lambo because uh, the 49ers at that point would have fallen all the way to the five and we might have had a much different outcome in how this year went and it would have been i think it was fitting that the 49ers ended up winning you look at seahawks as i've we've talked about all year uh they're only at a plus seven point differential a team that just found ways to win games somehow miraculously because Russell Wilson is a bona fide MVP candidate. Um, so it felt fitting with the outcome, but just how many teams, like so many things and just matchups in that playoff. I know the Seattle had lost the week before for Arizona, so they weren't they didn't have a bye themselves on the line, but no. they still had the division on the line. And to come that close, I mean, <laughs> they, maybe they, who knows, they would have been hosting the Vikings at that point. Maybe they win that game, move on. It's a whole different NFC playoff picture. So that's why I ended up going with that one. It was just a it was a great finale to the season. Yeah, lots of good choices. Uh, those are certainly among the ones. And like I said, I went through several more. I'm thinking about, but one of the common themes was though, like the 49ers. 49ers played in so many uh, incredible games. It seemed like throughout the season, and, and there mm-hmm. were a lot of different ones, as you said. I mean, the the one with the Ravens, and, and the ones we mentioned. Uh, lots of good games uh, there for the Niners for sure. Uh, all right, we go from these awards to what are probably the more straightforward ones here with our our final three and. And we start with Rookie of the Year. Uh, we went back and forth with this, Dylan. Like, we were like, is there really another choice here? I mean, <laughs> you know, you could, there are some other choices. And I know you're going to mention them in a second. But uh, it did seem like there was pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward uh, pick here. 
yeah, I, I went with Nick Bosa. I, I don't think that's shocking by any means. We, we could talk about so many guys, like you said, uh, from Kyler Murray, really even, you know, at the top of the draft, what he was able to do with Arizona. I know they didn't have the season they wanted, but he, he proved that he is going to, I think, if he wants to stay just as a football player. I know there's the whole conversation about whether he might try to play a little bit of baseball on the side more recently. He said that again. Uh, but Kyler had a great season. I think of Josh Allen with Jacksonville was great at Oliver and Buffalo. So many really good defensive players. We've already talked kind of some of the receivers. I know A.J. Brown was incredible. Didn't get into him with the breakout stars. He could have been right there, but I thought he was almost on a, on a level maybe of above with what he was able to do as a physically imposing dude. But Nick Bosa, I mean, this is the 49ers and the Ravens for me, like I kind of said, were the two teams that defined the season. And that for the Niners, it was as much their ability to be creative with how they ran the ball and their just dominance, not just with the guys in their offensive line, but how they schemed up things. And then on the flip side, their defense, that the defensive line, if, if they go on to beat the Chiefs, it's going to be because I, in my mind, this defensive line is just going to dominate as they have all postseason, as they have really when they've all been healthy. And, you know, they had really talented guys there before. I know they just bring in D Ford, but they, you you know Buckner's been there Armstead's been there and those guys have been great but I think adding another dude like Nick Bosa you just can't underestimate what he brought to them how dominant he was how the attention that he had to be faced from the defense and now I know Jimmy Garoppolo like joked about how he's happy he got hurt last year because it really led to them you know losing more games and being able to get Bosa but it's not it's not it's not really a joke he's <laughs> he's one of the most valuable players to that uh, organization this year I mean ends up with nine sacks but he made way more plays and you know all the fumbles force and just different things he was uh he didn't feel like a rookie he felt like he'd been in the league for quite some time when you'd watch him yep you said it uh, obviously that's my pick too i yeah i just i couldn't go anywhere else i mean the, the, that was the only choice for me in terms of just uh the impact and like we said kind of knowing where his team's at here and largely you know he's been a big part of that he's a reason why they're playing in the super bowl uh one of the biggest without question and so to, to be in that spot uh, that's pretty good uh you know background to give yourself a chance uh, to win rookie of the year so we'll both go with uh, nick bosa there uh we are split though on our next one and that is the coach of the year um i've always been a huge john harbaugh fan like i'm someone Mm -hmm. that i've just been a fan of his really since he's gotten into the league um and yet i'm not gonna pick him here and because i'm i'm just like you know i I mean you can't go wrong i don't think either way and you kind of said it the 49ers and the the ravens are the two teams for the regular season pretty much that, that defined it uh as a whole and so I'll go with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I think, you know, tying in all the different things, you know, the 49ers being the most surprising team uh, from where they were last year to where they were this year. And just for them to put themselves in that position to where, you know, they go throughout the playoffs here. Now they're in the Super Bowl, um, you know, as a whole from from where they were at the end of last year mm-hmm. to where they are now. Uh, you know, I guess you can't necessarily tie in what happened last year, but uh, I'll, I'll pick Kyle Shanahan here and and i'll leave uh, i'll leave john harbaugh to you for this one yeah kyle shanahan easily could have been my pick as well i obviously considered him pretty highly uh go i mean just even going back to what they did a year ago i thought it was impressive they went four and 12 but that team uh with with some of the guys they had on that offense what they're still able to do moving the ball and making nick mullen you know people thought he was gonna get a contract somewhere because of how (laughs) well he was playing i think shanahan offensive 
mind-wise right there with Andy Reid and is going to be in the NFL for such a long time and I uh, can't understate what he what he did but yeah I put John Harbaugh it kind of it kind of ties all it, both of these guys it goes for me almost what they've done the last two years uh, John, with John Harbaugh it's a little more easy to see in terms of how they transform the offense and his willingness to embrace what Lamar Jackson is as a football player and not be uh, you know sticking to what they had done for so many years under Joe Flacco to completely reinvent themselves and that's a great credit to Greg Roman they're lucky he's uh, looks like he's gonna be staying there instead of getting a head coaching job somewhere because both of those guys together have built this offense into something that uh, I know the Titans uh, get that win and they had some games where they whenever they fell behind those are the three losses they had they didn't really play well from behind but overall to take Lamar Jackson a guy that you know people he's the fifth quarterback drafted a couple years ago Uh, so many people all the you know had questions about him playing receiver all that crap and it's just uh, you know I would like to think Lamar Jackson would be phenomenal and he probably would be still amazing wherever he played but I think well you have to give credit to Greg Roman but also John Harbaugh for being able to put him in the best position to succeed I don't think Lamar Jackson being the name on our next our final award (laughs) would be the case if it wasn't for what Harbaugh did well, I don't know. You're going with Lamar Jackson. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, probably the only choice here uh, for MVP in my world. I don't know. Yeah, you can pick Lamar all you want, but uh, no. In all seriousness, like you said, the MVP is our final award, and, and there's you know there's no debate here. I mean, it's, uh, it's Lamar Jackson, and uh, yeah, I don't know what else you say about what he's done, what he did this <laughs> year, and um, you, you know, it's, I know where, you know, people are judged by the playoffs, and you're, you're judged by how your season ends um but it still can't be something that sort of overshadows what he did during an entire regular season Mm -hmm. stretch i don't think one game can completely sort of define you know how he played that entire season and just how dominant he was uh you know really from start to finish and so yeah he's the mvp i don't think Mm -hmm. there's any question about it um, he was just terrific. He had a season really unlike anything we've seen before in terms of how he played, how he scored, um, how he was able to compile his numbers, and you know how good his team was. And, and you add all those things together, and uh, he was yeah, he, he was just tremendous. Yeah, I think it's the easy pick, like you said. And maybe if Patrick Mahomes had been healthy the whole year, yeah. I mean, he he had the injury obviously, but then when he came back, was still struggling to kind of get his feet under him. And by the end of the year, I think as you saw in the postseason, now Mahomes, when he's at the top of his game, I, there's no quarterback you'd rather have. But Lamar Jackson for the 2019 season has to be the MVP. I mean, like you, all the things you said. I mean, they, they uh, that team was a machine. And when I saw them play the the Rams that one game I went to this year. <laughs> Holy cow. It reminded me of watching the couple times I got to watch USC back when they were so dominant in the two early 2000s when they'd play, you know, UCLA or Cal or whoever. And that that USC team would just looked different and the Ravens looked different with Lamar Jackson on offense. They just were a cog that just couldn't be stopped. I know it fizzled out in the postseason, but that's not the MVP for this year still has to be Lamar Jackson. There's no question about it. It breaks Michael Vick's rushing record for a, 
uh, quarterback while simultaneously what I, I'd have to look up his stats, but I think it was something like 36 touchdown passes to six picks. I mean, he was just combination. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. I mean, his combination of what he did, throwing the ball, running, just the reinventing how a quarterback, I mean, we've seen guys play quarterback that are really athletic and run a lot, but this wasn't, this wasn't like he, he's dropping back the pass and always just scrambling. It was a lot of design runs that were using him in a way that was so phenomenal to watch and his ability as a passer, I, I know his accuracy at certain times still as is going to be debated, but some of the throws even he made in that Titans playoff game, they had the, they settled for a field goal right before the half, but he had that one throw, I believe it was to Marquis brown right over his shoulder with a defender right there pinpoint on a line and I was, it, those kind of passes you didn't see from him a year ago and they were common this past season and uh, i'm excited to watch him develop as as uh, john harbaugh liked to point out he's still younger than joe burrow so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's got a lot of a lot of football ahead of him yes uh, he does for sure uh, no doubt he was uh, fantastic one of the best individual seasons we've seen in terms of just yeah, what he was able to do, and uh, they just a lot of people didn't have answers for him, uh, except I guess the Titans. So, uh, what do you know? That brings us full circle here on our awards. Uh, we go all the way yes. back to, to my Titans jokes <laughs> in the first episode, Can't probably of this podcast. And uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's a good point to to kind of wrap up there on uh, for the the entire season as a whole, and then certainly we have the Super Bowl uh, here to talk about uh, in once we get into uh, later in the week. But uh, hey. That wasn't so bad after all. Uh, we ran through all of our awards, and uh, yes, uh, as always, uh, you know, you can let us know. Like, what would, what would you pick? Go to social media, all that, and Dylan will let you know where you can find all our stuff. Uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all that. Uh, pick pick your own awards. Like, because uh, <laughs> these are a lot of interesting ones, like we said. Some of them are pretty straightforward, like the ones we just touched on, but uh, there are a lot of fun ones there uh, throughout the season, too. So you can let us know uh, what you think about that. But, Dylan, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Certainly, we have a lot going on over Clutch Points, uh, not just uh, with the upcoming Super Bowl, but uh, all the uh, Kobe Bryant-related stuff uh, that we have on there as well. So uh, be sure to uh, let everybody know where they can find uh, all the stuff uh, that we do have. Yeah, just like any other media outlet at this point, Kobe Bryant uh, news and out all the fallout from player reactions, all that stuff. We got it all covered, as Blake mentioned at the top of the podcast. Uh, doing our best. It's not a, not an easy thing to cover, but social media wise, our, I know our clutch points. Instagram, I feel like, has done a great job honoring him, covering all the the great moments and different memorials to uh, what Kobe did and the influence he had on everyone. So yeah, our clutch points Instagram is great for that. But the site itself, obviously, all all of the news is going to be dominating. The homepage about Kobe. If you search his name, though, I mean, you can find the full list of all Kobe-related content for the NFL. You, yeah, you click the NFL tab on our on ClutchPoints.com. All of our NFL content's there. We still got all the coverage of Media Night last night. All the things going leading up to the Super Bowl. I know before we, uh, we recorded, Blake talked about it. There's no. It's not like with Brady last year going for number six, and the storylines maybe not aren't the same as they have been yeah. in past years. But this game itself is going to just be so exciting. So I uh, can't. Uh, really looking forward to that to be a nice little like you know for at least those three and a half hours, kind of take our minds off of all the tragedy that has kind of been on the forefront of our brains um, over the last few days here now. Yeah, that's what you said. I think you made a good point in terms of like 
some seasons like the Super Bowl week is the story but like because the game sometimes just isn't necessary you know what I mean like I mean for example like last year like the Patriots and the Rams like it was a good matchup but I think for some people like the game didn't really it didn't even meet yeah. what they wanted it to be and and so I think though this year this is like a situation where you know we'd be surprised if we have a a 10 to 3 mm-hmm. type of game between the Chiefs and the 49ers and I think this is one where you know it, it's gonna be like the game itself I think is going to be very very exciting um and that's what we said we going into it like it's it's sort of the matchup I think we expected in terms of the two teams that would get there and be in this spot and so when you have uh, the teams that are playing the best uh, that's what you want and so I don't necessarily think it's going to be like we said all the storylines surrounding the game I think it's just going to be the game itself yeah uh, that's probably the biggest storyline because as we said I think that a lot of this this week itself for the you know the the media day circus that we're so used to um it, it's just going to be different uh, this year and we've already seen that and I think you'll continue to see that trend uh, as we go throughout the week so uh, as Dylan said uh, be sure to sub- subscribe to everything uh, find the podcast subscribe to that uh, head over to Clutch Points check out all the great stuff we have going on over there and uh, we'll be back uh, later in the week uh, with our official game preview uh, for Super Bowl 54 so uh, be sure to subscribe and thanks as always uh, for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast <laughs>